Folks, welcome to Young About Pad Thai. I'm Carl Hess. With me, as always, Joel Miller. Mm. And that's the first time I've ever mm. said that intro where I'm actually eating pate. I'm it so happened, folks. I'm eating pate. We're too. eating pate mm. on the pod uh, for the first time ever. I mean, I feel like it's this has been a long time coming. This has been uh, 40 episodes in the making. And if this is a, a new trend where all our guests show <coughs> up with a delicious pate for us, then you know what? That's just... What the what the podcast that, that, is going to be? That's now. what the podcast demands. Uh, so at, right out of the gate, let's introduce our guest, David Wilcox. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm over here setting standards. Uh, <laughs> Dave rolled in with uh, not only some homemade jams and pate, but also probably the best bread uh, in Los Angeles right now. I mean, I. It's like it's just like per, how long ago did it come yeah, out? Yeah, this is warm, we're we're eating. Yeah, we're talking still maybe an hour and a half ago. Yeah, Jesus. I mean that's that's like optimal bread consumption. The right warm, now. Packed it up right before I headed over. This is, this is great. The, and I'm not far. The texture. I mean, it's first of all, we're drinking wine. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers. to that. There it is. Uh, David is the head chef at Journeyman in Atwater. Uh, you're also the. The baker. You also do everything. The owner, owner the, the, the bill payer, yeah. the stressing out about <laughs> the down power lines in the alley right now <laughs> guy. I Never mean, a dull moment, right? Like, yeah. he, like heavy as the head. You, have, you obviously have a lot on your plate. Um, Don't you forget know. single dad of a 16-year-old. Single dad? Hey, I got a 15-year-old. Oh, hey. my God. Hey, there you go. We got nice. two cool yeah, you know. Yeah, two I mean, cool she's, she's dads. Oh, God, you have a she. I have a she. Oh man. Yeah, I have a I have a lady. I have a he. Oh, oh well. Maybe they can maybe they can start too. hanging out. She's she's actually my daughter is very 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 cool and she's she's uh, she's very tomboyish as well. If so. you guys want to start shitting on teens, I'm right here too. I, <laughs> I hate teens. <laughs> teens are the worst. Teens. I feel like he's turned the corner though. At sixteen, like third. I don't know, like thirteen and fourteen were like for you, but fucking sixteen is. Great. Wow. Is it? Compared uh, to 13 and 14. 13 and 14 sucks. <laughs> girls mature. <laughs> I feel so like bad. at that age, girls mature faster. You see, my, my daughter was like, she was maturing about like when she was like 11, 12. So I think I, it would happen a little. And like now I'm kind of just used to like where she is. But she still has a very significant page to turn as well at this time. So, sure. um, but she's great. She's Welcome to Yelling About Children. Yeah. Where we talk about our teenage kids. Where we t- guys, let me just say, I am very happy I don't have a teenage child. I just want to throw that out there because that sounds rough. It's a double-edged sword because like at this time, they're like their own per- people yeah. and they have their own ideas and thoughts and like you can kind of like shoot the shit with them a little bit. Like and not a, not a at lot, this but a time, little bit. They're their own people and they have ideas and thoughts. Well, because Hot f- take. 16-year-olds have their own ideas and thoughts. I mean, they do and they don't. They have ideas and thoughts that other people put into their brain. They're not necessarily like grasp. They're like they're just kind of like trying to figure out their place in the world. It's yeah, not like when, when my daughter was eight and she was just, and everything was cool. Everything was great. Everything was new and fun and right, exciting. Well, I'll ask you this, David. What's harder? Having a year-old restaurant or having a 16-year-old? A restaurant by far. <laughs> okay, there we he's, go. he's self-sustaining. We also live above the restaurant. So oh, that, I didn't know that. Yeah, that makes it super easy. He actually works there part-time. Really? He's super proud Damn, of putting it. putting him to work. Yeah, dude, the first day we were open, he was like, tell your friends. <laughs> Come back soon. That's awesome. He, and you're just like shedding a tear. And you're like, yeah, oh. He, oh and, and he's one of the people that like, if there's ever a problem, you know, because there's occasionally somebody who comes in and they just want to have a problem. Right. He actually diffuses it because he'll go over and just be like, like, Look, I'm my, a teenager. This, You're gonna no, yell no, at me. This is my dad's place, and they just like they, feel, they just feel so bad. They're like, I'm they're sorry, like yeah, so bad. Yeah, we I'm live sorry. above here. Okay, yeah, I, I don't yeah. have a mom. Like, I'm, so I'm here Fuck. all the time. I, I first of all, before before we dive in, let me say you also, in, in addition to bringing three amazing sourdough loaves, you also or bulls. 
Sure. You don't you don't call them loaves, right? What's the term? I call What's them the loaves. Loaves. Yeah. Three delicious loaves, but I gotta say some of the best bread ever. You also had brought two tubs of We're making bread for tomorrow. You're making bread for tomorrow. So you can't leave it unattended. No. You had to bring it with Timing you. Timing just uh, that's the way things were working today, and I had to bring it with me. And I'll, by the time we leave here, I'll just um Head straight back and go to shaping and getting it put away. In the you're a, for the you're day. a sourdough dad. These are your children. These are your children. These are my children. So he has two bus tubs that are right next to us as we're recording. So how often do you have to turn? Because those each of those tubs is just full of dough right now. Like right, well, look, there's like a nice little bubble happening. Oh there. my oh, god, wow. we're wow. watching we're watching fermentation this happen is, right this now. This is life. Wow. this is life, folks. Baby. We're watching there's microbial bacterial activity and yeast just <laughs> growing right now. It's so um, it's gorgeous. During, it really depends. Like it can be every. 25 minutes okay. every 30 minutes every 40 minutes it just depends on how warm or cold it is how it's responding and so you really have that's why it's like with it's it. alive you have to watch it it's fucking alive you have to pay attention during this stage the, the microbes are causing it to rise because they're producing Gas. carbon yeah. dioxide mm-hmm. because they are eating sugars mm-hmm. and shitting out co2 correct maybe shitting is not the right word but i guess it kind of is yeah i'm producing lactic acid which is where you get the kind of sweet sour flavor from if you allow that to develop further it can be acetic acid right. and turn a lot more sour like what is traditionally san francisco style sourdough the old school ways right whereas we try to keep it younger so it's a lot sweeter and kind of get that like yeah. light tang yeah you you're the one that we just had there's a tang but it's not that like super aggressive that would be yeah, an old school here yeah, yeah, yeah it doesn't hit it you gets you more cheeks. like in the front a little bit yeah. on that sweet part of your palate God, it's so good it uh, is so good i mean we just how a half a loaf, half a boule, half a loaf. And, and we'll finish it. We'll finish it. Oh, yeah. no, this is yeah. this is a meal. This is a meal <laughs> yeah. in a This isn't this a is half boule session. This is a full boule. This is this, like if you could, if you told like me when I was sixteen that when I was thirty three I'd be sitting around eating pate and jams with delicious fresh made bread, I'd be like, I will take that life. Yeah. Sign me up. Ten yeah. out of ten times, please. <laughs> uh, how long have you been? I mean, your your restaurant's called Journeyman in, in reference to kind of. A craftsman's journey. Sure. You know, going from a novice to a, a master craftsman. Yeah. Obviously, in terms of bread, you've you've reached the master level because this I, is... You know, I like to think that I just am like a pretty, like, mediocre level. Okay. And I can keep getting it's better, like a but I'm going to work hard at it every day. That's there you the go. thing. And that's, for me, what this was all about. It was like a... It's obsessive. Yeah, point. just a, just in general, like our work every day, you know, our, our whole crew is just striving to make it better every day. Yeah, right. They're, they're never thinking we have it figured out. I mean, fuck, we, we how many we've tried three, four different service models. Right. We keep changing things. We're just open to learning and growing. And yeah. that's I mean, everything, even with the bread every day, there's days where the bread I'm like, God damn it. It's not it's like 98 percent. Somebody will be like, nobody's going to notice. Right. I'll fucking, I will notice. fucking <laughs> notice. I will fucking see it. <laughs> My yeah. son is here. He's watching. Oh, and, and that's the word. He'll come Papa, down. Papa, he'll come why down. Are you crying? He'll come down and look at it and be like, eh, it's pretty dad, this, dad yeah. this bread's at like 98 percent. Yeah. today. I know. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Your son's become an elitist bread monger. Oh, fuck. He, there was, he's going to be so spoiled for bread. There were a couple ladies that came in the other night and they happened to sit, he went out to dinner with a friend of mine at, who works at Elemento and they were there eating there. Shout out to Elemento. Shout out to Elemento. And, uh, shout out. We shout out everyone. And so. Do they use, whose bread do they use? I have no idea. I've only eaten there once, but it was really fucking Pretty good bread. Yeah. And, uh, and so they're eating there and, and they, and my son eats everything. When he sees a menu, he goes for like the weird shit. Oh, God. He trained He's, him well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three years old, he was walking around. We were living in Hawaii, and he was walking around the house eating raw tuna. Hell, you know? yeah. So the kid just, like, this he eats rips. anything. And so these ladies come in and journey me, and they're like, oh, my God, that's the kid. Because he's so recognizable. Like he's yeah. a very, like, very just, like, distinct person. Right. And they saw him, and they're like, that's the kid we were sitting next to. And we, like, 
we we should have ordered like he did. We saw everything that came out, and we did, we got all the boring Some stuff. Some teen was sitting next to us who ordered better. And so than they asked he was him to come over. A fidget spinner around, and he was eating canned seafood. <laughs> they asked him to come over and like give them give him the rundown, and he's like, "Yeah, you should you should you should get this." Yeah. And that. Well, I that must bring a tear to your like. It must it's, warm your heart. It does. Yeah. Sorry, I he's just spilled my my daughter like it's I she's not like that, but like she'll order a steak like medium rare, and I'm like, okay, this there is okay. Like, there's yeah, hope. Yeah. That's there's my, a gl- that's my girl. silver lining Moving in the right yeah. direction. Moving in the right direction. Oh. She's like, I don't like vegetables. I'm like, you will one day. <laughs> you will. I've been to your restaurant uh, several times, Journeyman. It's great. I've never seen your son working, I don't think. I think I would remember seeing a, t- a teenager working at the restaurant. Mm. But I got to say, man, the, your restaurant's fucking great. Thanks, man. I, and I, I think I immediately connected with like, you know, I've, again, I've, I'm back to the old tapas thing. I spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how for the, the most exciting food city in the country, LA has no good tapas culture, no actual tapas restaurants. Like journeyman has that vibe. It's not the the exact food. Like you're not you're not doing traditional Spanish food or tapas, but like kind of the environment and the vibe. And like on Monday nights, you do like you know no service people. You go up to the counter. I I know you just switched your whole model. Yeah, and a a few weeks ago, we actually switched fully to like that, which is what we were always trying to do. But yeah, I went to Spain. I don't know, like three summers ago. And I'd always read about it and dreamt about it, but obviously it's with the, the kid, best. I don't travel as much Shout as I'd out like to. to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah, Spain. Oh. And I went to San Sebastian, and a lot of the bars, the food wasn't great, but right. I loved the, the style. Sauce. Yeah. The way of going into these bars and like, you know, a little ham here, vegetable mm-hmm. here, a few things out of the bowl right there. Yeah. And then a couple of them in particular, and I don't remember the names of them, but one or two, they actually had a menu on the wall, and it was just in chalkboard, and a few things written there. and some written in Basque. You didn't even know what the fuck it was. I mean, I can read Spanish, but <laughs> right. I can't read Basque. Basque crazy. And, uh, but, you know, you'd figure it out and you'd order a few things. They'd bring you out some food and you'd have a really nice meal. And it was really simple. And that was always the idea. And when uh, uh, Canelay, I had come across right. it. I don't know if you guys have ever met Karina, who used to own Canelay. Never have. She's amazing. I actually know. never even got to eat there. But I, I know it was there. a longtime neighborhood favorite. But, and, and, and like so I feel like you guys had real big shoes to fill. Like, like people loved she that was, restaurant. Yeah, I mean, she, she, was, well, she was one of the first chefs to welcome me to L.A. I met her at the farmer's market. We used mm-hmm. to have oysters together. At uh, the market for breakfast. Nothing bonds people like eating yeah. oysters ago. Oysters you know, is just a bonding experience. in the morning at Santa Fe Monica Farmer's Market. And she's there as early as I am, and we're eating oysters together, catching up on like how things are going. And I came to the place, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, you have a kitchen in the middle of the restaurant. This is great. And look at the bar setup. Like, this is just like Spain. Like, that's, and I was like, if you ever want to get rid of it, you let me know. Wow. And she called me a year and a half ago and was like, I'm ready to be done. Wow. And I was like, I'm ready to go in. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a passing of the torch, yeah. if you yeah. will. And I, I will say that I do love that. So like in, in Basque style, pinch, like Pinchos is like the Basque version of tapas. And when you go in a lot of these places, they'll have the entire bar covered in covered food. Covered in them. So every little Pincho, a lot of them are on bread, but not mm-hmm. all of them are. And every little Pincho has a toothpick in it. Yep. And you just literally drink and you talk and you eat a little bit of this, you eat a little bit of that. And at the end, they just count your toothpicks. Yeah. There's no <laughs> waiters. There's no like, I want this. You're literally just like... I've like fell in love with that model because it's so social. It allows you to, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a drinking so based model. Yeah. You meet a ton of people. You meet a from ton all of over people. The place. It, it, you're not, everyone's not at separate tables. You're standing, you're talking, you're doing a little this, a little that. You're grazing. It allows you to try so many different things. And like, I think that is what Man, initially like, got me into tapas. It's not, I mean, the food itself is great, but like it's, it's the social model 
of a meal as social occasion, meal as interaction, as opposed to like we're all just sitting at a table. And yeah, doing, doing and and I, and that's, I was always tired too, like the communal table thing. Like, right? And I liked it. I liked it, it for trend. a while. It was yeah. great. Uh, in fact, that's how I ended up at Jelena, was sitting at the communal table. I had no idea that place existed. I walked in there and I ate at the communal table. You used to work to at Jelena. Yeah, I worked yeah. at Jelena for a few years in the beginning. And I, it was not long after it opened. I kind of sauntered in unknowingly what it was and sat at the communal table next to James Birch, who Florabella Farm. Shout out to those guys. Shout out yeah. to Florabella. Um, uh, and we had a great meal together. And he was like, yeah, you should work here. <laughs> really and uh, and that's how i ended up going in there so the communal tables have their place and i don't have anything against them but no, like what I. I liked about san sebastian was just like the wandering from bar to bar meeting random people telling stories all night having drinks fuck get up in the morning do the same thing and then wander down to the beach half of it's nude lay around mm-hmm. in the sun so they don't even need tinder out there you're, you're already socializing <laughs> there's already nude people on the yeah. beach i mean there's people just, are naked hey, you're up? talking to strangers at the bar they don't need you it. see the same naked people that you saw earlier at the bar now they have clothes on right. clothes like, on you're like, I know. Like, I saw that guy like, before. He's yeah. got a great dick. I love yeah. this guy. Hey. I love this guy. High five. Hey, Actually, hey, never mind. Forget hey, it. It's fine, bro. That's that's great. I mean, I so so let's t- let's talk about the business model because this is fascinating. So before you were doing Monday nights where you would walk in, and I went to a couple of them. You'd walk in, there'd be shit laid out on the chef's counter. You know, yeah. like between the kind of the pass yep. between the you have an open kitchen, and you just kind of go down the line and make a plate for yourself and just be charged per item. And then you'd get some wine at the register, and it was great. Yeah. Um, now you've switched your entire model to that. So you're up at the counter now, and you're ordering using, like, so we're trying to figure out that whole, like, toothpick thing, right? Right. Like, I wanted to just make marks on the bar, because one of the yeah. bars I went to, they just look, put hash marks right. on the bar. Then I was like, oh, we put in some nice wood. Maybe we won't yeah. do that. Right. We'll do something different. So we, you were using that dim sum style chit, right? Yes. And so like we have that. this like chit that you can fill out. And there's a menu for things that are just on the menu, plates that have to be cooked to order. But there's also a bunch of stuff up on the counter that's not on the menu, but it's on your chit. Ah. And so now when you go up, you're actually have, you have a chance to talk to the cooks. They'll be like, this is this, this is that, I like this that is this. That's mark, awesome. it, mark it off on there. So instead of having a server, you're talking to the people making your food. Those same people might run you your food. We don't have like a dedicated food runner. Anybody can do any of those jobs, and we just make sure it all gets to you. Granted, it's not flawless. We're always trying to figure it out. Right. But most nights of the week, it goes very, very well. And that being said, and we have some really great cooks, by the way, that are all very like social, super cool. Yeah. Like sometimes, you know, you have cooks that are like, I'm sure you know, oh, of like, course. that are just like, you don't want them out there talking to people. <laughs> no. yeah. There's like, stay in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah. There's like, no, 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 no. Chris, Chris, yes, fuck sir. back in the kitchen. That must be great, though, for your, for, for your cooks to have that because that that kind of like interpersonal relationship that you have with the guests. It's, I, I think it's just taking like open kitchens became like such a huge trend. And um, like, that's great for a lot of people that you feel more connected to what you're doing rather than being behind a wall yeah. and being like, I'm making food. I have no idea if people are enjoying it, but like this takes it a step further and you kind of, you have that interaction and it probably is good to retain cooks and 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 like I, I would assume just line cooks i don't think your prep cooks are yeah well are i mean and, well even during the day now so we're open during the day and even the people that are prepping the kitchens in the front so they're getting the interaction oh, so they too. Wait, you guys are open during helping. the day we're open during wait, the day wait, now wait, too wait is that new five days a week we're open wednesday through sunday uh from 11 uh, and basically Whoa. till close is, but that's and starting new, right uh last couple months okay lunch and it's slowly building and people are, I mean, we're kind of on the far end of Glendale. So like right. where Dune is and they fucking love those guys. By the way, yeah. Dune. Dune. Shout, Shout out to so Dune good. for being so good. Dune. So good. For being, and that, that shawarma chicken, like best falafel I've had in LA. Or whatever. Hands down. Oh, that, Very good. The thing about that is like, just to go into Dune, like Dune is so affordable too. And yeah. you get a ton of food. A ton of food. A ton yeah. of food. Good deal. Yeah. It's for sure. such a good deal. Yeah. Atwater is like 
kind of under not on the radar, but like Outwater's got great wrestling. But it's just like that one strip, right? Like, yeah. It's just yeah, that I mean, Outwater's I mean, not I big. guess technically Fletcher is also kind of Outwater. Yeah, that's true. It's You're bordering. Right. So yeah. you do have like Salazar over there. It's right. technically Frog Outwater Town Village. Is technically Outwater, right? Yeah. It's all kind of the same deal, it's all but like in there. our little stretch is, uh, is that's it, and it goes as far as Alaqua. I guess there's maybe one other little thing that at the far end, I don't even know what it is uh, that I walked by the other day and I was like, oh, there's a letter in the window, and it looks like they open on the weekend. Huh. But I don't even know what that is. Um, but yeah, it goes as far as Alaqua, which those guys are super great and yeah. supportive and love them. We Shout got good measure across yeah. the street. Oh yeah, also fucking nice love little Matt community. Kaner. Yeah, everybody's been very supportive of each other's, and and we're all making changes in the right direction. So, and in some ways, I kind of see that as like as a and as a side away from the service model thing. One of the things we've all been talking about, and I've been spearheading with all the different restaurants and business owners right there, is we want more people to come to Atwater. So I'm trying to get together like a regular. I hate to call it like a first Friday, but like yeah. a night where it's like like Spain, where you're just walking from place to yeah. place and you're just trying and, one and just or two trying things, things yeah. at each place and wandering and around. Housed house along the way, drinking yeah. a bunch of wine. Also, you guys, you mentioned it. You're right across the street from Good Measure. Yeah. Great wine, yeah. dude. Just between getting getting some wine at Good Measure and popping over to Journeyman for more good wine and food, that's a night right there. Yeah, I was gonna say we we highly a lot of times when people ask about a wait, we're like, go to Good Measure across the street, yep. have a meal, or have a drink there, and come on back, or vice versa. Also, you guys have great wine. Yeah, we have a good wine. I'll, I'll say that for sure. I really enjoyed all your guys' wine. So, so obviously the decision to move from you know having wait staff on the floor to now this counter model all the time. I mean, yeah. you're you're trying to streamline your operation because I know you guys also from the start were doing gratuity included. Yeah, and I mean we called it. Sorry, that's the bread timer. Can oh, I take two seconds yeah, to give you bread a turn? Do it. We'll, me, Joel and I will live will live comment it. <laughs> So Give basically, play by play. basically, he has two bus tubs. They're both full of the dough. And, you know, every half hour, his alarm just went off. You have to fucking... Is this, is this to facilitate, uh, like, dispersion of the gas? Um, like, if you, would, if you left it and didn't flip it like you're doing right now... You're, you're building up uh, gluten, which is building strength on it. Okay. The, yeah, you're, the, you're building some strength. And then at the same time, you're just making sure that everything's kind of evenly distributed. Okay. So you can see I'm kind of stretching it out a bit. Right. So gluten, the, the gluten, which is a wheat protein, is what allows that elasticity and, and that, like, the shapeability. Yes. And at the same time, the way you shape it or fold it allows for extensibility, the way to be loose enough to give it the shape you want to give it, which then ultimately, if you do it really well, you end up with, like, a custardy, tender yes. crumb. And I got to say, you're, like, the, the loaf we just had... The texture of like the crumb, like the bread on the inside, it was almost perfect. custardy. Yeah, uh, that's why people who don't eat gluten, you're fucking up. You're fucking because gluten oh is what God. makes bread good. Yeah, it's the thing that's good about bread. Well, there's a lot of people that like say they have a gluten intolerance. Who don't? Who don't? Who right. don't? And then they try bread, and often I think it's the pesticides and shit they're throwing. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. You're eating. You've it's just like anything. You eat factory meat, it's gonna be gross. You eat like yeah. mass-produced fucking factory bread with factory grains is going to be bad. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, once it, once it ferments and kind of breaks it down, it makes it more digestible. I mean, right. me, I had trouble with bread too. And that's the thing about sourdough. It's, it's fermented. A, a lot of breads aren't. Yeah. It's like pre-digested. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Put it. Right. So, so if you're out there and you've been avoiding gluten, Go to Journeyman and try that goddamn sourdough. Just pick sourdough. up a loaf of bread. Don't even come in to eat. Or well, come in to eat. What are, people, are there people coming to, glu- uh, to, to Journeyman they're like, ah, oh, I can't have gluten. I'm like celiac or I'm this or I'm that. Do you just like, get the hell out? No. We have pe- it's funny. We had a guy. Celiac is the smallest it's proportion the smallest of the population. Yeah, celiac's so If you small. have celiac yeah. disease, you're, you have a pass. 
Everyone else is like, I'm very sensitive. Like, nah, nah. I have a gluten intolerance. That's what we hear all the time. Why we have a gluten intolerance? No, like, you actually don't. He's like, mm, okay, uh, sure. We're like, yeah, okay. You might be sensitive to the trash that's in your food, but it's right. Exactly. Not the it's like itself. gluten's the last of your worries. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There was there was a guy that came in the other day, and he said he hadn't had bread that uh, he could eat and digest, and he had a bite or two of it, and now he's been back to buy a loaf twice a week. There you go. See. Yeah. That's what you gotta do. You gotta go to Journeyman. You, if you're gluten intolerant. Get on that two a week diet, oh, that man. two two <laughs> loaf a week diet. Yeah, two bull. <laughs> just support the local Atwater Village bread scene, and uh, you know, get over your fucking. If you have fucking idi- good wine idiocy. and a good loaf of bread, you're fucking. That's, you're fucking set. That's that's a meal. You're fucking set. It's definitely a meal. That's a daytime sitting outside looking at like traffic meal. Just hang when, out. When you were working at Jelena, were you specifically baking bread, or were you just working the line, or were you like? I was, like tell us about your journey of oh, bread, because I feel like. It's a, it's a thing that people will take their entire lives working on, and and obviously and it's, it'll never it'll never stop. Right, it's you an obsession. It, it has I, to be. I started when I was maybe like twenty. I started making bread, so How almost twenty now? years ago. I turned forty in June. You're forty. Yeah, what? Like, that looks hey. great. Hey. Fucking forty. That looks fucking so young. By the it's way, all, it's all the bread. Like truck too. By it's the all way, the bread. oh thanks. Yeah, so, he rolled uh, up in like the orange, and an like orange, seventy-two like Chevy, Chevy, big steering wheel, thin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bench seats. Drove that thing from San Francisco to New York three summers ago with my son. Wow. How many that's, your son is living the life, man. <laughs> yeah, this kid doesn't know how good he's got this it. This is yeah. like wild we hogs, like seven, but instead of Tim Allen, it's just like a man like and a his seven, boy. road trip across the country in that thing, which was not cheap. No, because no, it probably gets like 12 miles, 12 miles per gallon. 12 miles per gallon, exactly. Does it? Nice. Ah. <laughs> Jesus, God. Yeah, but it was fucking, yeah, my buddy always says he's a 72 Chevy up in, uh, in San Francisco, and he was like, yeah, memory is per gallon. There you go. And yeah. It's fucking good call. I mean, dude, every every time I get in that thing, I love it. Dude, steering one of those trucks is awesome it's too. Fun. It doesn't feel safe, but the they're fine. Boat? Yeah, no, 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 no. I've, well, also you got to carry around won't ride in my truck. <laughs> you got to carry around tubs of uh, sourdough children. You know, it's, you you got to have my work you gotta truck. Have, yeah, you got to have bed space in the back. Let's see. The only thing I use it for is to go to farmers market and pick up shit for the restaurant. That's it. Yeah. There you go. Well, and when I, you I don't have to drive home, it's true. <laughs> yeah, the commute's real rough from upstairs. You're living that Bob's Burgers lifestyle, baby. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, what, what was like your initial, like how did you initially get into bread? Because I feel like a lot of 20-year-olds, you, you know, know, I don't I, know what you guys were doing when you were 20, but I was messing around. I, 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 you know, I, wasn't, I wasn't disciplined. I wasn't, I wasn't dabbling I was, in yeast. I was yeast fucking like, around. Like, I was selling weed. Okay, well, there I you go. That sounds selling, about right. <laughs> I was selling a lot of weed sure. uh, because I had dropped out of college. I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do with my life, and I wanted to make money. There you go. And, That's a really uh, good way and to make I, money. And I started working on a farm because I wanted to learn how to grow my own food. And then I started, I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to learn everything I can about food. And I started baking. I started teaching myself. Like I was studying the science and history. Was this in Hawaii? Cooking. This is in Michigan. Michigan. Oh, wow. Yeah, Michigan. I was working out at uh, Ingerberg Farms. It's a biodynamic farm out in Rockford, Michigan. Shout out to Dave. Shout Gorgeous to country Dave out there in Rockford. Shout out to Dave. Beautiful, beautiful farm. But I was learning how he was growing biodynamically. And then I just somehow was like, eh, I'm going to start doing bread. And I wasn't good at it right. for it's a really hard, long it's hard, time. That's right? a hard thing. It's yeah. like I've it, never been a baker. It's a science, I, man. I it's love a science. I love cooking. I love food. Uh, but like baking has has always been very intimidating to me because it, it does seem like it integrates a science into. Just and you the have cooking. to fail a lot. Right. Yeah, you have to be willing to suck at it for a long time. And even then, when you start to get good. It's when you fuck up that you learn more. Right. Because well, I think when like, to be a chef in general, you have to be able to be willing to want to fail no matter yeah. what. It's yeah, just yeah, a different yeah. kind of failure. Right. I definitely think that's a good life lesson in general. So hey, if you're listening out there, fail. Just just do stuff. Well, the more you fail, the more you're going to know. This yeah. is like Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance, maintenance, but it's like Zen and the art of sourdough baking. 
That was a really good book, by the way. Shout shout, shout out, out to, to being <laughs> seventeen and reading that book and thinking it's the like, truth. Right, exactly. I definitely have that put it like on my deep. son's desk. <laughs> I have put that along with a few other like Taoist books and right. shit. Just I'll slide them on there along put with like Siddhartha a right next to it. Desk. There has to be something like meditative about it, though, because you're literally you're manipulating a living thing. You're, yeah. you're you're manipulating a growing living microbial culture, yeah. and you're kind of guiding it to form something delicious. And, and, you, and you have God. to, and at the same, you have you're to God. listen to it. You have to listen right. to you it. Have to you have to feel it. You have to interact. You're smelling with it. it. You're you're tasting it. You're you're interacting with right. it. You're you're looking at it. It's not mastery over way. nature. It's it's working with nature. But concert. it is so goddamn meditative. I mean, yesterday, you guys, I was I was having a really fucking rough emotional day. Like, okay. and I don't, you know what I mean. Like, I ain't scared of that shit. Sure. There are days where you I'm just like, I was I was fucking sad as fuck. Had a rough day sure and i was like and i normally don't make bread on sundays normally i take one day off off, i bake sunday morning i take the day off and i start mixing on monday for tuesday and yesterday i was just like you know what i'm gonna gonna make some bread today wow that's gonna make me feel good yeah and that's what i did and i made some bread Bread and then i I finished and i put it away and i told everybody else i'm like you guys got this tonight i'm piecing the fuck out and i got (laughs) on my motorcycle and was like that's the other thing i knew you had a motorcycle i was like i know you have a motorcycle 76 honda damn like that cafe racer I definitely the, with the long I, bench. I, I beefed it out a little bit. Okay. He has a, he has a jacket, two crossed baguettes, and a fucking bull, and a bull like <laughs> Do you right wear above a helmet? it. Fuck yeah. Okay. Gotta be yeah, saying, exactly. He's a sixteen-year-old. He has a he has a fucking bull of sourdough, sourdough sewed yeah. on the back of the leather jacket. <laughs> he's like, that's not a patch. That's just bread out of old crust. Sourdough boys. <laughs> old old crust motorcycle club. <laughs> Your helmet is a sourdough it's bull. A sourdough bull. It's, it's like a bread it's bowl. Not, it's not safe. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Well, I mean, you you make it sound, I mean, you make it sound so attractive, but obviously it's it's hard. It's I mean, like, when did you feel like you actually? I mean, obviously you suck for a long time, just like comedy, just like cooking, just like anything. You do it, you suck, you get better. I stopped when for did, a while. You stopped for a while. I did when I moved to Hawaii. I was you. doing it, and I just was like, I had so much other shit going on because I was opening a small little restaurant. Um, I was working as a sous chef. You moved from Michigan to Hawaii. Yeah, I moved from Michigan to Hawaii uh, in 2000. I went out there kind of on a whim, um, you know, fucking, and went out there, stayed, lived on the beach for a while. Okay. Yeah. And, like, did one of those, like, back when you still could in Hawaii, just go camp out on the beach and sure. just, like, find a little, like, nugget <laughs> that sounds of space rad. on the beach. That that nobody knew well. I was there and went and picked shells and taught myself to swim. I didn't know how to swim until I was, like, 25. That's oh, fucking wow. crazy. That's what? crazy. Yeah. I Don't you, like, not grow up swim. swimming in lakes in Michigan did not, go in, did not go in any of the lakes. I was scared to death what? of water. What? And fucking, wow. yeah. And then moved to Hawaii. And so when I was out there, I just stopped baking for a while. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and uh, and it was only you know I think around the time that we started playing with bread at Jelena because Jelena we were buying our bread. And, Where were we really uh, buying from? Uh, fuck, I, I think it was. La this Brea. is what year? This is like two thousand. I was there. I started in two thousand nine. And they opened in two thousand eight. Eight, right? Yeah, I started about a year. In God, fact, I started Jelena's like right around the year anniversary. Yeah, Jelena's been open for a decade. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I, didn't, I thought it was. And like, I only went there. Last year for the first time. Yeah. Dude, shout yeah. out to Travis. Building the empire. Dude, Jesus. Such an animal back dude. then, too. That place, man. We would do like 450, 500 covers it's, in a night. It's dude, crazy. Dude, that place, like, busy. it changed the game. It was a game changer. Yeah. Totally. I, I remember days where between brunch and dinner, we'd do 1,100. Fuck. That's too many people. That's Fuck. 800 too many you people. Think that's fri- you think that's frightening? Have you ever heard of Mama's Fish House on Maui? Yeah. Yeah. I worked there for almost two years. Yeah. How many we did you do? We would do 2,500? 1,000 a night. Yeah. Lunch about six. It's, it's a huge place. Though, it's 360 right? seats. I mean, Jelena's not that big. No, Jelena's 120 seats. Okay. That's, that's sizable. Yeah. That, that, but it was an animal. And yeah, sure enough, Fuck. man. I mean, you know, 
I so we had a pastry chef who got involved in the bread. Um, there was a bunch of us kind of messing around with it, and eventually they kind of like took it off in their direction. And when they opened GTA, that was when they really started baking it. And man, I remember GTA. those GTA, GTA the next takeaway. Door, Jelena takeaway. Yeah. Oh, Jelena takeaway. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. still there. It's still there. Yeah, it's still doing its thing. Still I gotta really say, I've mentioned in the podcast before, but you know, like I really like Justa. Their bread is not as good as yours, but like. I like how you can get dude. The vibe there is one of my favorite things. The, the vibe there is so interesting. And I love like, that when you can I get like there, you can get incredible. like a porchetta, like an octopus escabeche. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can get like fucking pastries, a little bit you of cheese, veggies. Oh, oh, like oh yeah, just just yeah. The, the sheer scope and how well everything is done. It's, it's impressive. I would a, a big shout out to Travis just for doing that because yeah. on that scale right. no of what they're doing, really it can be that. very intimidating. It's all overwhelming. Like looking at it as like as a patron, I'm just like, damn, how. Yeah. How is this even it's possible? Like an or, it's organized chaos. Man. Yeah. Oh, it's, it looks it, very much like or, like very organized chaos. It. I mean, fuck. You look around and you're just like, there's so many people working here. There's so many, and there's just so many things going on too. At it's any like, given moment. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. I will say, their bread's not nearly as good as yours, though. That's very kind I don't of know. you. It's be, I don't know if it's because of the, the scale of what they're doing. I mean, I think. I mean, it's you, different. It's you have different the advantage. Bread. I mean, what what is your output for the week? Because obviously, you guys have a small restaurant. Um, you know, maybe right now during the, like the entirety of the week, maybe 350 loaves. Do you think that and that's a pain? I mean, look, you see that right there, this burn that's yeah. on my hand. That was cause we were using the cast iron pans that originally at Jelena, there was no bread of them. We were baking bread in those cast iron pans. Oh, wow. right? So these pans I'm using are the same ones we used at Jelena. I went up and I hit Travis up Wait, for him before we opened. There was no oven. There was no, there was no bread of Bre- no bread steam oven, injected yeah. bread of it. There was yeah. an oven, but no steam injected bread. So oven. I didn't even know that bread had its own kind of. Oven. And so they were using these cast iron pans to, you know, in, bacon, a, in a regular oven, in a regular oven, okay. uh, actually in a, a wood stone, like wood fired oven. Okay. Um, and, uh, Jose, he's still the baker over at Justa, Shut as far as man. I know. Um, he's been there for a grip. He's been there a while. The grip. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, we were baking out of those. And so I hit him up and was like, I bet you still have those. And they were like sitting there all rusty, like in a storage unit and pulled them out, scrubbed them down, oiled them up. And I've been baking out of those since then. But, I mean, you, you see the wounds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got I mean, a burn scar, on his hand. Scars also, your, your arm you're is covered, covered yeah. in sourdough. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And scars. There's just sourdough and scars, baby. Scars. Wow. That's going to be your next restaurant sourdough slash pet. It, it just takes one. It'll usually be a customer, <laughs> too, because gang. we have the open kitchen. A customer will come up to the bar and be like, hey, what's this right here? And I'll turn around and I'll be like, hi. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that, yeah, the, the disadvantage of the open kitchen. But it's, but it's great for the service model. Hell yeah. Bring it back around to that yeah. shit. There That's so go. cool that you guys have done that because going on the Monday nights when you were doing that, I really liked it. I really liked the interplay of just like rolling right up and talking to people about the food that you know they had just made. People you know? gave us so much good feedback on that. And that was part we did. I loved it. We opened up and we had the ordering in the front and it became like a bottleneck and it wasn't good. And we were like, shit, what are we going to do? And one night like, I showed up a little late and it was just suddenly we had servers and I was like, all right, I guess we'll just try this. Right. And but that's never really and it, what you want. And it never was what I wanted and it never felt right. Um, it wasn't wrong, but like we also to part of the whole thing for us with like the gratuity free was to be able to pay people more equitably and a better wage across the board because right. I having bartended and served before mm-hmm. I was ever a cook, you know, that front of I the was house like, fuck man, why are over. like, I was like, why are these motherfuckers not making nearly as much as I was when I was a bartender and a, and a waiter back of like, the house gets screwed over front of the house. Yeah. More. And I was like, and I'm not saying that the cooks are more valuable right. or less, but just they're, they're all different. Jobs. Everybody should have equitable and, distribution. And that, and that was the thing that always like got 
taught me. And so being a cook, like, I mean, dude, I went through the, like, you know, I don't know if you ever did, but like I did two jobs, you know, I, eight hours a day. I did, I did two, I would do five thirty in the morning yep. and then leave at two and then go to my next job from three to midnight. Yep. And then on my two days off, I would stage. Yeah. Like that's what you had. To that's do. what you had to do. That's uh, what you had to do. Like yeah. just to get, exp- I mean, I didn't go to culinary school like, just to get experience and to learn well, and, fuck and to make and to make money, you know, yeah. like because I was getting paid nine fifty an hour, yep. nine dollars an hour. Yeah, and the experience is what's valuable. Yeah, exactly. You're not even adding up the dollars. You want to no. make more money, but but that's the thing. If my cooks, if the people that are working with me, and if everybody there one has a, has an aim to be a cook, if I make it that you want to be a cook, that's the thing there. Right. And the guy, everybody that's working there, the guys and girls that are there, all are trying to learn more about food, and they have the opportunity to learn it. And everybody has the opportunity to make a living wage. That was the whole idea behind it. That's a, was, that's a was great... to get people in a position where you know everybody could do that. And so the only problem that we've run into is that ultimately, I still want to pay them more. Right. Yeah. I think that they should make more money. I, I agree. Well, I think well, my guys should pay, make more too. Thing because you know this is a hot button issue in the restaurant world nationally. Uh, yes. And and you know locally in LA there there have been some proponents of this. So you guys opened with a no Auto gratuity bread. model, gratuity free and tax inclusive. Right. So every oh, wow. so on the menu when you look at the price of an item, within that price is included tip and tax. Well, so that was the trick though. So you know you, you think you can mark up enough to include an extra whatever. Maybe you say it's a tip or not. You because it, the reason we call it gratuity free is. It's, There's it's, no tips. It's, it's getting rid of the idea right. of tipping no altogether tipping and just saying everybody should make more money. Right. The problem was the sticker shock of seeing that. So we're throwing right. in the tax as well, right? That's what we were doing. And so what typically would be a you know eleven or twelve dollar dish somewhere now is probably like a sixteen dollar yeah. dish. Yeah. And people Which would look at that. Which makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. But, but, but what I was saying to you before, saying we're the expensive place, right? Because I think, because I you think can have the exact same exact same like total at the end if at the end that. it would be the exact or, same or right. if they tip but they but just for some reason because they feel like they have control over how much they give that makes them feel more the confident. control yeah. thing is actually one of the biggest feedbacks i've gotten yeah. from people because i always ask people especially people that seem i'll ask people how is everything if they whatever you know i always mention the this the you know i get enough time because i'm always on the floor i'm always there to ask people and and occasionally i'll get somebody who says they just they want the control right and but, I but understand does that mean that, that person wasn't going to tip 20 percent? i don't know but I mean, what? But what? They want to be able to dictate what that means to them, and maybe they want to tip more. That's maybe the other they want. Thing. But, but whole other thing. Maybe they're just serial like people who are just. There are people who are just like I tip fifteen percent. Sure. You, across know, the board. you know what I think it is, and I thought a lot about this because tipping is a bad system, but we're really shackled with it because it's so ingrained culturally. It's fucking so shackled. That, like, yeah. I think, and I really admire what you guys tried to do, but I think when people see that price on the menu, like intellectually, they understand that it includes gratuity and tax and they're not going to have to pay gratuity and tax at the end but like i just think viscerally in the moment seeing how high yeah, that number of course. is it's that sticker shock effect would yeah. you would and you get so, people like walk in and then look at the menu oh yeah and look at the menu like, and, they would, say, and yeah. they would say it's expensive or, or yeah. i would hear people outside because they wouldn't know it was my restaurant because I'm, i don't wear anything that would make me look any different i would just stand there and listen to the conversation you're not wearing so a keep sash it, that yeah. says, <laughs> says mayor of flavortown i, that might I be was taken. talking to a family yesterday that came in for brunch they were leaving and and brunch was clearing out and and she was and i and i gave her a loaf of bread because it was her i had found out it was her birthday that's a great birthday gift by the way and I'd seen her in before too, and I always try to make friends with the neighbors. And and uh, and she goes, "How long have you worked here?" And I was like, "Oh, about eight months." Since we opened, <laughs> since you we know, opened. just like yeah, yeah like so it, pretty much. Since but I'm one. outside one day, and I hear these people, and they're like, "Oh, this is the expensive place." Oh. And I'm like looking at it, and I'm like, 
comparing myself to all the other restaurants that are in the neighborhood and I'm like at the end of the day we're basically the same price if not less sometimes right, right. but merely trying to establish a business model that can pay the people who we, deserve more I'm going to be really straightforward I think in some ways we bit off more than we could chew because we don't have like I, if I I was just in New York a few weeks ago and I wanted to go to some of the places that are doing gratuity free right. and I won't mention any names because I don't want to throw them under the bus but I talked with a few people that are doing it different yeah. groups and people and talk to them about their struggles with it. And and these are people who have notoriety, who have restaurants, yeah. many You've restaurants. You've had big restaurants no try to do it and That it are struggling work. with it. And, yeah. we're, and here we are. We have, you know, I don't have a name. Nobody's ever fucking heard of me, much less like the rest of like what we're, you know, like we're trying to build that. Well, you do now. And uh, this podcast. Do now. <laughs> and so they, uh, you know, that was the thing for me. It was like we're, we're biting off a lot. Yeah. And, and how do you communicate that? It's super people? admirable, but you're right. I think... Like the tipping is, is so ingrained in the way in restaurant culture and the way people think about the price and, and like think about exchanging money for food that it, it, I, I don't see a solution because it's like you have these big restaurant groups who try to institute it. They have all the money and influence that they can put behind it to educate people and it still doesn't work. Yeah. I think it's just one of those realities that it's like. I don't know. It's, well, so we, um, it sucks. We're, we sat down. So we have meetings with our, our staff every month about the, we talk about the financials. We make everything that I could, because if we're going to do this model, one of the things people have always asked me is how does your staff feel about it? I say, you ask them, yeah. don't ask me, but I can say whatever I want. We're transparent talk with to them. all I of like those being completely transparent because a lot of times in restaurants, you know, you don't know what the well, owner of the Well, I do know that there's people, man behind there are, the curtain. There exactly. are definitely people that are doing gratuity free that I know of that are still paying people very differently. The servers are making 30, 35, 40 bucks an hour. The kitchen crew is still making kitchen wages. And like that to me is like, dollars. and that what's to me is point? like, what's the point of yeah. it? Yeah. Like, I don't doing? understand. You don't need that. That the whole doesn't point solve is the problem. Yeah. That doesn't help the conversation. Yeah. Move forward. If anything, it makes the conversation more against the gratuity. Right. Thing. To me, what's the point of it? Right. And so, um, and so we sat down with the staff this month, you know, and I, and I sat down with them the other day to go over, you know, everything and said, this is where we're at. And, you know, a lot of you are up for reviews and this type of thing. And the reality is this, you're going to make a lot more money probably if we go back to tips. They were already all talking about it and they, they gave right. me all their feedback and what they wanted to do. The whole staff voted for it. We're going to have conversations about what that means this week and more than likely put out some kind of, you know, announcement in some way, shape or form and leave it where it was. And it was a really interesting thing to give it a try. And I think in some ways a social experiment, but this isn't a social experiment. It's a business. Right. It's a business. People's yeah. lives. And, and I don't, don't want to go back to work for anybody. Right. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. interested in going back to work for anybody else ever again. So you're, you're going to once again, go back to a standard tipping model. standard tipping model, which will make our price point a little more affordable looking. Um, at the end of the day, hopefully you tip because you really like the service right. and the way that we do things. And, uh, you know, we already took the taxes out of the equation because we got screwed by the state on that. Uh, gross receipts tax is a son of a bitch. If yep. you've ever dealt with that, it's uh, not fun. Um, so yeah, so you know we're learning. Right. We're just fucking learning. You fucking it's tried, learning. Though. You gave it a shot, and, and, and we I gave it everything that. we had. And look, dude. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, I don't want to have to have that conversation with every table. I don't want to bludgeon them with information. Yeah. Either. Right. You know, to, by the way, do you know about your time. service model? And blah, 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 yeah. like, you know what I mean? It's already enough to say you have to order at the counter, but it's, you're still getting full certain, like, right. and there's easy ways also, to say that succinctly. I think there's like a disconnect between, you know, we're obviously pretty well, we're all acquainted with how things work in the industry, but I think the normal diner might not understand that the front of the house makes so much more money than the back of the house. Two to one. In, in this era of like one, yeah. chefs being lionized, we're in the rock star chef era. Like, you know, you have all like people think that, 
oh, being a chef is cool. But like, I think the, the general public lacks a basic understanding of the fact that kitchen staff makes significantly less general, money than waiter. If the you general, have to work, if you have to work two full-time jobs to pay your bills, when somebody else you're working with has to work four nights a week to make four more, four nights a week for five hours a day, yeah, or six hours a day, the, the, that doesn't that doesn't yeah. add up in my mind. Yeah. It's 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 really it's it's it is extremely. That's why people, up. if you're not out there tipping twenty percent, fuck you. Don't of, go to a restaurant. The other problem that I've noticed, 18%, if you can't afford to eat out, don't eat out. Not yeah. acceptable. The, the other problem I think not acceptable. That I, that I see is that a lot of people when in tipping they go just like why don't you just tip the kitchen staff from front of the house tipping, and you can't do that. Right. That's well, that's another big problem. Actually, yeah. with that new tax code that went through. They say that, I know I read that and I, they said that you can disperse them however you want. Yeah. But I also but then there's also like lo, like there's also local like yeah I don't know the whole deal with it but I remember seeing that and I was I just thought, like oh shit I don't, yeah but it, and a lot of people will get fucked no if that well if that's the case and you can you can take that eighteen percent twenty percent gratuity that they would get that would give you and you could disperse it to everybody that would be great but re, right now from what I know we can't we can't do it's that. time for another, another it's time for another, another bread, bread flip sesh ooh bread turn. <laughs> We now bring you back to bread turning with Dave. So it's it's every half hour. Roughly speaking, in the beginning, and then we'll kind of feel it out. There's probably. God, it, it actually looks like really like relaxing to do that. Like, I know the texture is. And the sound. Oh yeah, get that. Mm-hmm. This is like ghost. It's like NPR. We got that. <laughs> we got that good background sound. So is the only bread that you use at your restaurant sourdough? Yeah, this pan. Well, so I like to call it pan levain. Same deal, same difference. What is what I, is that reference? The only difference to? is it's just younger and sweeter. I just don't like to call it sourdough simply because I think of sourdough and my and it's only me. I think of sourdough and I think of uh, San Francisco sourdough. Yeah. People have sour people shit. have a certain that's connotation, my, that's my of connotation of what sourdough. Is. But at the same time, I feel like calling it pan levain sounds kind of what douchey. is pan levain? <laughs> uh, it's just so we so we use a levain, which is the and that's what everybody uses. Even when you make a sourdough, you're using a levain, which is a, a starter. Uh, a starter. Okay. Yeah. To make your bread rise. So a starter is basically a, a, a microbial colony that's left over from the last. It's a symbiotic dough. community of bacteria and yeast. Okay. Often called a scoby. A scoby. Yeah. Scoby. Um, and 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 you will take part of this dough and keep that for the next starter, or so I have a separate little uh, guy, a tiny little jar. Okay. Tiny little. That's the jar of starter. Next time you're gonna ask me about it, I'll show you. It's a small. It's about a hundred. 80 grams and that can make uh, 30 loaves of bread by itself and if we need more then I'll make a bigger one. Wow. So, so a little piece of the starter comes out and goes into everything. It goes in. So I so we do ours a little differently because most people just keep a wet starter and then they eventually feed uh, their bread. Right. Um, whereas I keep a dry starter, feed a levain from it so I can maintain. It just helps me maintain. Is the that a French word starter. that like means something specific or is that just like a leavening. bread term? Leavening. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. levain. Okay. Rise. Yeah. And, and leavening is, is really just the process of the CO2 production making the bread rise. I exactly. mean, that's why bread rises. Exactly. The CO2 is being produced. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Microbes. They're, they do so much for us. I know, Dude, right? Bacteria. God, little community. Dude, if, you, if you think about it, we wouldn't have bread, alcohol. No. Yeah. Chocolate, coffee, you know, any salami. Preservation. We probably wouldn't it, exist. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Kimchi. We would, we would have nothing. Fucked. 
We have everything good. Right. Because we, oh, not yes. to mention, I mean, all this. I mean, there's so much bacteria. I mean, the lactobacillus that's on your hands. That's right. how you make a starter in the first place. And all the bacteria <laughs> in your body that keeps you healthy. Yeah. You know, and is responsible for all that good everything back. about your body. Guys, if you're not treating your microbiome right, you're <laughs> fucking up. <laughs> you got to eat that good bread and drink that good wine and treat the, treat your treat your boys. Treat your boys. You got the microbiome down it's there. It's not all about your what's guys. on the outside. It's about what's on the inside too, baby. Yeah, exactly. Give a shout out to the fam. The shout out to the fam <laughs> down there, keeping you fucking healthy. That's what they were talking about. Every time when Kanye is like, hey, fam, he was talking about yeah, microbes. It's microbes. Yeah, it's microbes. What's more family than the billions of microbes that are living inside, inside you. you? That's your you fucking are, family. You are God to this family. That's your <laughs> fucking family. Well, they're God to you. They're, oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, God. It's a symbiotic relationship. It's a divine, the divine relationship. I mean, fuck. I, I'm just like looking forward to ending this episode so I can eat the, the next half of that. Also, uh, this has been overlooked, but that jam in the pate is fucking delicious. Oh, my Thanks, God. Man. What Did kind of end? pate is it? What kind of what, yeah, what'd you roll in with today? So we get so we get whole ducks from up in Sonoma, okay. and we make pates Those and terrine. Pates ducks. with the liver, terrines with the gizzards, and other mm-hmm. bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't waste anything. We get like all kinds of whole parts and pieces. They take the bones, they roast and, them, they yeah. they grind make them down, with and the they, bones. They, they throw them into their bread. <laughs> no. duck duck bone grind bread the bones to make my bread. Yeah, exactly. We're like um, we're like giants in clouds, baby. Wait, we, you're also start- like a butchery guy. Oh yeah! Oh wow! We and didn't even and, talk about and that. the other element is that like so I was a vegetarian for three years. Whoa! So, um, yeah, when I was also learning to do all this bread and all this shit and working on farms, I, I wanted I was studying nutrition and I wanted to understand how that would affect my body. So I became vegetarian. I did the vegan thing. Was for this why you were in Hawaii? Ooh. And I did yeah, and then I did vegan raw food. Oh Ooh. my god! For yeah. How long? Uh, each one was a year. It was all That's just hard. to kind of see how it's they each one would do. Like that, I wanted right? to see how he it. Was writing a paper. If I could write, sure. He was writing a paper. Um. But so, and, and then when I decided I would eat meat again, the one thing I said was I would have to be willing to kill it. Right. Mm-hmm. I so I went really just like beyond the butchering idea. side of it. So yeah. every single animal that I serve in a restaurant, I've murdered at least once, okay. if not many times over. So some, there's one farm, I won't mention which one, that we buy from regularly that I used to help them every season do about 30, 40 of their sheep. That uh, how, do you, how do you kill a sheep on a farm? With um, a knife? So, so, yeah, with a knife, through the throat, back to the spine, cut its uh, spinal cord so that it doesn't have any, it's neurologically dead. Right. It happens in about three seconds, bleed okay. it out, catch okay. the blood if you want to eat it for breakfast, okay. and then know, skin, it, blood skin, cake. It, skin, skin it, gut it, and hang it. And then, and then from there, you can take it and break it down. You know, I, I like really like the idea. I'm, I'm a big meat eater, and I never, you know, obviously you go out to a restaurant, sometimes you're going to be, you know, supporting the factory meat system. Sure. But for the most part, when I'm at home, I, I never buy any factory meat. I like to support places that are doing pastured animals. Yep. And I think it's, I've, I've always wanted to have the experience of like killing an animal, whether it's a deer chicken. or whatever. I've actually killed a have chicken. You? That's the only animal I've ever oh, like. there you go. I mean, besides mm-hmm. a fish, which I've, you know, I've, I've been fishing, I've been spear fishing. Yeah. I've killed a fish and eaten it. I feel like somehow fish are different. We're just disconnected from We're them. We're disconnected yeah. from they them. Don't, they don't like have so a similar normal. facial right. structure, yeah. aliens, so we don't identify them. The which same. I think is hypocritical, but for yeah. whatever reason, it's, it, it is how it is. But I, I think it's really a valuable experience to like be there or do it yourself if you eat meat to know what goes into it. Yeah, it's, it's like, not, it's not for everybody to do it, things. but being there, I think, is, I think is really important. I think everyone should have to To recognize that. it as an animal rather than just meat. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, from a cook's perspective, you're less wasteful with it then. You're going to respect it. Yes. From an eater's perspective, I think you start to get the idea of like, oh, this isn't just a piece of meat. Right. And if you can, and the thing is this, like ultimately at the end of the day, like I still align myself with more of these, like I, I'll never be a vegan. And I think there's a lot of idiot vegan sure. shit going on sure. right now. But I think that at the same time, we need to eat a lot less meat. 
I'm I'm with a you. A lot less. I'm with meat. you. I I I respect if someone is vegan specifically because they don't want to be a part of the way the factory farm system works in this country. I respect that. And I, but you better stop eating those fucking giant fields of broccoli that you're well, eating and all that other shit because that right. shit's murdering animals. Monoculture yeah, all those fucking and, like yeah. all those prairie animals that are getting sucked up into all like the animals that fucking... are displaced and now yeah. don't exist because of your broccoli. Fuck you and your <laughs> stupid ideas. I mean, I we we make fun of vegans. Fuck a lot, you, but Dole. I I respect like you know a lot. Most of the meat in this country is produced in a terrible way. Yeah, and, and you I'm, have to and, vote with your dollars. Yes, you know? vote with your dollars and. And be connected to it. And so I'm somewhere in the middle where it's like, I, I really think people should be more connected to it and understand mm-hmm. it and experience it. And therefore they'll probably respect it and eat less of it. And I think that's a good thing. Sure. And at the same time, I think from like the, the vegetarian side, like most people aren't really built to do that. We're not designed to do that. Right. And at the same time, like, eat, like this fake meat shit, the impossible burger, it's fucking gross. Yeah. What, <laughs> like what the, is that? The, the genetically modified mm, stuff no, that's in there and that. the weird, you know, but you know what? It's vegan. It'll save the planet. Right. No, it won't. Like, no, that's it won't. not how this works. Yeah. Like eat less, like stop breeding so much. So many other things see ourselves as the problem. Stop Sorry, I'm kids. ranting on this shit, but it fucking drives me nuts when somebody like calls me up from New York and is like, "Will you have what? Will you have vegan on the menu next week? I'm coming in for dinner." Right. And I'm just like, "Bro, just come in and just eat. Come in. There and will eat. be vegan items. Yeah. I promise you." Also, I will say your your selection of vegetables. Like obviously, there's great meats at your restaurant. I love like, vegetables. There's so many good veg and 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 we're in a time when. If you open a cool restaurant in LA, you vegetables, better have some good vegetables. Vegetables should be and the, the Wallace has great vegetables. It's, it's, of, the, of it's stuff, the yeah, you know? it's the forefront of my menu. It, should, it, should, it yeah. guides. It's the our menu. first major section on our our. It's all just vegetables. Yep. It's yeah, vegetables, seed and land. That was my first thing that I noticed when I came in uh, on a Monday night to your restaurant. The majority of the dishes were were vegetable or vegetable based. Yeah, last weekend we did a ve- vegan paella on Monday night. I do paella every Monday night now. And and you know I usually when I go out I'm I'm eating I meat love because I love meat. So but good. like so I think ninety percent of our dinner was vegetables that night, and it was so fucking good. And, and it's not filling. Fill- and it's and that's but the thing filling, too. But they're filling, but they're not like you don't yeah, feel don't, like you, sluggish after. I'm not doing fillers either. Like I, that's one thing that drives me nuts. You go to vegetarian places and it's like all fillers. Right. And like I just want you to be able to eat vegetables yeah. and feel clean. That's when you what leave. I wanted. Like feel light. Yeah. You know, feel good. And then have a small piece of meat, mm-hmm. have a, you know, a little bit of fish, have something that's like, you know, you can stand behind. But I think that's another thing that nobody ever talks about is like the, you know, people are so preachy about that shit on their menus, you know, from this farm, that farm. That, that I, I, I hate the liner notes, uh, like where, you're, where it's, where and it's most of the time it's garbage. It's like, they're fucking full of shit. A lot, of times, a lot of times they're not truthful. Yes. A lot of times they're very disingenuous. Very dishonest, how, how misleading. Yeah. You're on notice. Chefs who are lying on the menus. Oh, Nyman Ranch. I mean, that shit was bought and paid for 12, 15 years ago. Right. Bill Nyman doesn't even own BN Ranch anymore. Blue right. Apron. You know what I mean? Like, And they're just using that name as like, oh, it's recognizable. It'll sell you on it. It's sure. organic, this, organic, that. I mean, ugh, don't get me started. Yeah. I fucking rant about this shit all the time. No, I'm rant I'm, away. I'm right there rant, 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 rant. <laughs> We're all about angry rants here. Yeah. No, I, I fully agree with you. Obviously, like I'm a big proponent of voting with your dollars, of supporting sustainable operations, whether it's vegetables or, or animals. But you're right. It's like putting Nyman Ranch on your menu just because people will recognize it and be like, oh, that's a good pork chop. It's like, no, like you need to actually be about it, not just fucking. Just have, have it, you know what I tell uh, people always ask me, what's the easiest way to do it? And I always say, just have a relationship with your food. Yeah. If you have a direct relationship with the people that are producing your food, and that's not hard to do, it might take a little effort in the beginning, but it's not hard to do, and and understand where it comes from. Boom, you're going to be able to at least be able to make an educated decision. That's why I love farmers and markets. If, and if and if you and if you make an educated decision and you still decide to do whatever you want to do, more power to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm not going to tell you what to do at the end of the day. I might tell but you. But don't I make a decision based out of ignorance. Yeah, and that's I mean. 
mean, it's fucked. It's everything in this society, everything dude. Like the world. clothes you wear, the everything you do. Like just make an educated decision. And if you can stand behind the fact that, like, hey, I'm buying clothes that come from slave labor in Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. like, fucking, that's what you decided, dude. But yeah. if you're just buying everything just mindlessly, like, right. ugh, gross. Can you sell me some weed? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Can you also <laughs> talk about slave labor? Don't eat shrimp, guys. It's made by slaves. Now we know. Don't so, do it. Vote with your fucking dollars. But, Shrimpers you know, are so good, though. <laughs> not, not slavery good. Get those Santa Barbara spot prawns. Ridgeback prawns. Ridgeback prawns. Mm, Ridgebacks, yeah. baby. So good. So fucking good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. And, and I've said this before on the podcast, but like, obviously it's easy to make fun of this whole like craftsman artisan. But like, I think the upside of this whole like, like reemergence of all this stuff is that people are reengaging with where their food comes from and, and reengaging with realizing that like, it's not just a product. Like this is people's lives. This yeah. is animals lives. So I think that reconnection is good. It's easy to make fun of like the, the precious side of, of the hipster food movement, but I think it's really valuable to engage with where your food comes from and realize that it's like, these are people's lives on the line. This isn't just something that's on your plate. Any exposure that's happening at all is good exposure. Yes. It doesn't, to me, at the end of the day, it's any exposure is good exposure. You can make fun of, and everybody, you make fun of me too. Fuck. Like, make fun of whatever you want, but be exposed to ideas sure. that will at least make you start thinking again and, and making educated decisions. One of the biggest things that I, I think about, like for me, the driving forces, it used to be like connecting you to your food and having a relationship. And then I was like, nah, that's great and really important. But what about all the people that are growing the food? What about the people that are working in the restaurants? What about the people, the human side of it? Yeah. And I've had this conversation with people that like produce I have one of the guys that like produces chef's table comes in all the time another lady that produces a couple of the Netflix food docs and she's like nobody wants to hear that That's nobody crazy. wants to hear that anybody know, works that she's sucks. like she's like nobody wants to listen to the stories about the people in the fields that are making five bucks an hour well you know why because our entire society shit's about to get deep folks. our entire society is predicated on I mean, it's not slave labor, but it pretty much it is. is. Oh, 100 yeah. percent. That's why when any indentured servitude, when any time you like, have no capacity to get out of your position yeah. in life by working, no matter how hard you work, that's slavery. And yeah. that's what makes me so mad about you know we're in the era of Trump and this anti-immigration sentiment. It's like without these people, our entire economy is not viable. It's like who do you think is out there picking your food? Goddamn right. Like it's not white people. No, like they don't want those with, jobs without yeah. without low fucking wage immigrant labor this fucking country doesn't work no our fucking food model and our entire dining experience that you appreciate so much the most the restaurants you work at is based on a lot of people that are not here legally right and you're and and that's not not getting treated and that's not even yeah not getting treated not even treated remotely i've heard some fucked up shit in the restaurant since i've been in california Uh, i've been here nine years and it like it blows my mind yeah. The shit that I've heard. But the other side of it is that the people that are growing the food and how many farmers do you know that treat their people well? Uh, and that's I, really fucking well, tough. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and, and you're right. Like people, I mean, and I love it too. I love turn on a food documentary. I love turn on Chef's Table. You see the rarefied world of the highly skilled chef who's doing this. It's beautiful. Yeah. But you're right. The, the base reality is that there's immigrants in the fields picking this fucking food. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of people that are working a lot. I mean, what do they call it? It's... it's uh, uh, Man, I think I always think about fucking like Monty. I always take it back to Monty Python. Of course, <laughs> and, I have, all and, things go back to Monty Python. Right? And uh, and there's that scene in the Holy Grail where they're like talking about like the uh, the fucking 
he rides up and they're like stacking the mud or whatever it is. Right. And, and she's going off about like who made you king and all that kind of thing. And it's like this whole like in like this entire idea of we don't want to see the violence right. of the system that's mm-hmm. in front of us every day. We don't want to see it. And we see yeah. a little bit of it. You see the poverty in LA. There's a ton yeah. of homeless people here. You see all this crazy yeah. shit. But it's you right but you don't see most of it because right. it's removed from your line right, of sight. Right, because they sweep it a little. And, all, right. and we're all fighting so hard to stay on top of the rat race, man. And we're all and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Like y'all gotta stay ahead, but like, god damn it. Like mm-hmm. I like I, I make a point of visiting every single farm because I wanna see I not just how that stuff is grown. We gotta go on a farm trip. I love that. I'm we'll do a farm that. episode. I, would I think everyone should have to own a farm. I want a farm out of out of out of high school to understand. <laughs> wow, Work on a farm. I, dude, and that's a trip too. Like, you know, in California, most of the farmers don't even own their farms anymore. Especially like you get further north, like it's all leased land yeah. owned by fucking giant companies. That's crazy. Right. Like I have farmer friends up in the Bay Area that like no, they're they're growers. They grow on Trump International land. Farmland. Yeah. It's great. It's great. It's beautiful. It's yeah. Small small farming, support as many as you can because yeah. like there's definitely ones I don't know if you go to Santa Monica Farmers Market at all ever, but like Fitz Fitzgerald, he retired recently. A bunch of these Fucking, I miss that fruit so much. We're lucky to <laughs> live in a place, place that has oh, amazing has a, farmers markets. A bevy of and, and that's of great. More, the best farmers market I've ever been to. Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Yeah, it was no, the first one in the country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it's and still and the hands biggest. Hands right? down, the best one I've ever yeah. shopped for any city I've ever been to. I, I haven't been in years, but it's it is it is an amazing. It's, place. it's great. That's why I really. I mean, I go to the Echo Park one all the time, and it's just like, just that little bit of connection of being like, hey, you're talking to the farmer. You know, it's yeah. like. That that's important. What's going it, on it in seems, the fields? It seems trivial, but it's like that person grew the food. I'm gonna go eat this. That you know, if you're not at a farmer's market, you don't get that. No, it's yeah. great. Damn, we, we we fucking we're so fucking woke. Dude, guys, <laughs> this is the most woke. Get on episode. fucking board. Well, I mean, I said it before, I say it again, vote with your dollars. Go to journeyman. Go to journeyman. Buy some delicious vegetables. Buy some delicious bread. Take Hang bread out at the bar. Yeah. Pick up some jam. Talk to David while home. he's trying to put bread in the oven. Then he'll turn around and burn his hand. Mm-hmm. But he'll be fucking happy that you're there voting with your dollars and supporting fucking sustainable agriculture and animals. I mean, it's, it's more important now than ever. And I think we're at a cool point. I think the upside of this whole thing of everyone being, oh, I'm so into food, is that they're, you know it's easier to have these conversations and have people interested Mm -hmm. because now it's like, Oh, if you care about food, then you should care about where it comes from and you should care about the livelihood of people who are providing it. So it's like, it's all connected. Yeah. It's one thing to be like, I'm taking Instagram pictures of my food and I love food. Like we all love food, but it's also like the follow through of like the, you know, these people's lives are based on our consumption of this. And you know, you need to think about that. Conscious eating, bruh. That's you know so woke. We're here. We're here providing you with uh, with laughs, with information, but also shit from the heart. Yeah, it's coming straight from straight from the fucking real deep, heart, straight from the heart, bro. Right there, right down, <laughs> right deep down. I feel like bread making has made you so zen. You're yeah, like you're so chilled out. You have you have so much to teach us. Oh, just being a dad at 23. <laughs> <laughs> that shit wakes you up real quick. Damn. There you go. I'm so yeah. glad I don't have kids. You guys are heroes. <laughs> you guys are here. The cool thing is though, once your guys' kids are like adults, you'll still be young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you you know you always had the friend when you were young who had like the old parents. Yeah. And everyone was like, Why are your parents so old? Yeah, they're like seven. And they're like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and it'd probably suck to be that kid, but like you guys are gonna be the young cool parents. Oh yeah, I mean oh, we got yeah we're, start, we're starting travel plans and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, like when great. when your daughter starts dating some asshole, you'll still be in a good enough shape to beat his ass. 
Uh, like, I would if hope, you were 20 years older, so. that guy would. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. No, it's gonna happen. It's definitely gonna happen. Joel is gonna get in a physical altercation with his daughter's boyfriend. I don't. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I, uh, she. She. She knows pretty. Joel pretty just good slowly people. unrolls his knife roll and just like. <laughs> I thought. I thought about doing some like intimidation tactics at some point, but it's also just like that's they're lame. kids. They're gonna be yeah. scared no matter what because you're old. I, and they're I'm also gonna fuck and, no matter what. Yeah. Oh god can't stop damn it! You can't stop them, guys. You can't stop your kids from fucking. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be the one to tell you. Gonna fuck so much. Condoms in the desk. Yeah, <laughs> just, keep, just keep putting them in there. Just He's like, Dad, I've already got the ones. They might be bad. They just might be use bad. the most fresh. You're ones. poking holes in the old one. Just your kid ones. is actually gonna be so chill because I feel like working and seeing what you're doing and what you're doing at the restaurant and like being in that culture. Like he's gonna grow up like with a really good perspective. Yeah, he's you. one of the most chill people you ever. There met. you go. There you he's go. so. Joel relaxed. did not put his daughter to work at the restaurant. I don't know why. Well, she's fif- free labor. She's fifteen. So. Well, he also, and he grew yeah. up Get in Hawaii. In she, yeah. he, he grew up in Hawaii, oh, dude. God. Like, he's he, so chill. He's, he's so. He's terminally so chill. Laid back. Terminally chill. I'm so chill sorry. Uh, to the point where it's like he's doctor. What's wrong with my son? I can't sorry, get him to school on chill. time. I can drop him off for school. Twenty minutes for school. Then he wanders into the woods. He's still late. He's just like I saw a butterfly, and what am I gonna not chase it? Get out of here. Fucking whatever it is, he's never on time. <laughs> oh my god! I had I had a thought, and I was just looking at clouds. What do you want from me? This is how you raised me. But you know what? He loves smashing pumpkins and Nirvana. So. Damn, there you did it right. Is. You did right. There you go, baby. Uh, well, you're a cool dad. You're cool, cool dad. You're a cool baker, and you have a fucking cool ass restaurant. Um, cool neighbor. Gotta come the journeyman. Yeah, yeah. Going forward, I think it's really cool that you guys have switched just to that all counter uh, model because. There's, not there's nobody people, doing there's it. There's not a lot of people yeah. doing that. And that was the thing I was most excited for really when Carl cool told me thing. about it. I, I wanted to go on Mondays yeah. for that only. And, and now that. I can go anytime. And now I can go have lunch too. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all working brunch, out for man. me. Brunch. Cantalay was the spot for brunch. Yeah, that's right. It was. A lot of people went for brunch. There's do you guys food. do a special brunch menu? Or I do. Just... I do a lot of pastries. I do all the pastries. Oh, wow. So I do a lot of pastries on the weekend. Folks, you better get to Journeyman. Follow Journeyman on Instagram. It's at JourneymanLA. At journeyman underscore underscore LA. LA. journeyman LA. underscore LA. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Carl Hess. You can follow Joel on Instagram at Joel David Miller. Right. You can follow the pod on Instagram at Yap Pod. That's Y P P O D. Um, as always, you can send us your emails at yap42069 at gmail.com. The world's chillest email the world's address. The world's chillest <laughs> email address. Nice. Nice. Uh, you know, we, we, did, we did that mailbag episode, which is super fun. We want to do another one. Uh, send us your questions. Send us your concerns. Send us your fucking woke diatribes. Send about us pictures of mon- your about fucking go uh, on a rant. Yeah. yeah, go on a goddamn rant. Yeah, fucking send Start us pictures of your starter. Yeah. Send us pictures of your bulls. Send pictures of your kids, your 16-year-olds. No, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. Do not do that. <laughs> we do not need to cl- clog that inbox with 16-year-old pictures. <laughs> it's the last thing we need. Uh, David, thanks so much for joining yeah, thank us. Thank you man. so much thanks for, for having me, guys. Uh, I really you appreciate got a, it. You got a fucking cool thing going, and I, I wish you the best because you got. Can't wait there needs to, to be go. more restaurants doing what you're doing for sure. Thank you, guys. Um, and let's fucking let's eat, this bread. Let's eat the rest of this bread. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week. Bye bye. <laughs>